Hi everyone, welcome to episode 14. My guest today is, well, basically me talking jiu-jitsu with my co-host, Brian Biera. It's time to high-five and fist bump. A jiu-jitsu podcast for the everyday grappler. Let's talk subs, let's talk positions, let's talk dominating the mats. Welcome to the Let's Talk Jiu-Jitsu podcast with Raymond Terrence. Hey, Brian. What's up? <laughs> I literally said I was started by saying, hey, Brian. <laughs> and here we are, like magic. Hey, guys. So it's uh, me, Raymond Terrence, here. Uh, I've got uh, Brian Vieira with us, obviously. Uh, we don't have a guest today, so uh, we're just going to chat it up. Yeah, Professor Mark was going to swing by, and then his wife said, no, you must stay home with guests. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so it's just Brian and I tonight. So we're going to go through uh, just a bunch of random topics and just have a casual, uh, some casual discussion about jiu-jitsu and whatnot and things that have been happening on Facebook and in different groups and posts and all that fun stuff. And maybe we can answer some questions from you guys and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, how's it going? I'm doing good. You went on a business trip and you did not train jujitsu. <laughs> and then you said we'd save it for the podcast. Yeah. So I went to Arizona for um, the new company that I'm working for uh, called Mia Pasta. Let me do a little shameless Mia plug here. Mia Pasta. So it is a great pasta bar concept, uh, fast casual restaurant. Cool. And uh, in Quebec, they're found mostly like on the North Shore. Uh, area kind of thing and then there's a few way up north i think there's one in gatineau there's a couple so there's about 11 or 12 uh locations and um we have a few out west and we did our first u.s location in arizona in scottsdale arizona and um so i thought you know let me look up who's down there and you know wellington megaton diaz is down there and i was like wow that'd be great to go you know train down there so i called him ahead of time when i didn't really know where my trip was and uh, he's like, yeah, you know, he's for sure. I told him, you know, Fabio told me to say, you know, tell him Fabio Holanda says hi. So I told him, he's like, oh, yeah, Fabio's a great guy, you know. <laughs> so uh, and uh, he's like, uh, you know, what level are you? And I'm like, uh, well, I'm a 45-year-old purple belt. And he's like, oh, we love 45-year-old purple belts here. And I'm like, oh, shit, what does that mean? <laughs> but um, he was super cool on the phone. He said, open invitation anytime you want to come. So when I finally did end up going, um. It was delayed a bit, my trip, so I ended up, you know, leaving about a week after I had uh, anticipated. And uh, so I got there, and I started calling again, and it's really hard to get through that place. Nobody answers the phone. The mm. one time I called him, I got really lucky because he answered himself. Wow. So I'm like, hey, Mr. Diaz? <laughs> he's like, uh, sir? Sir? <laughs> professor? I didn't know what to call him. Yeah. But um, this time, nobody would answer the phone, so I said, let me just take a drive and go see where it is. Okay. So it was about 20 minutes, 25 minutes from my hotel, so oh, it wasn't that bad. Close. Yeah. yeah. So I drove there. And I pulled up and I see this same building you see in the internet and an empty, huge empty parking lot. And you saw the pics of the parking lot? Oh, yeah, with the belt? Yeah, it's awesome. The curbs at each parking spot have the belt colors painted on the curb. So right in the front of the black belts, you know, and then along the side, it goes brown, purple, blue, you know, then the kids' colors. Yeah, it's awesome. So um, big empty parking lot. So I was a little disappointed. I looked on the thing and it said opens at five. But I'm like, but they don't have classes, I think, until 8, you know. So okay. I waited until like 5.20. Nobody showed up. And there was actually another guy there. From waiting. Waiting. He took an Uber to go check oh, it out. No. So he was just waiting around, and I started talking to him. And he is from 
I think he's from Chicago. I can't remember. But uh, I don't remember his name either. Shit. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, I told him all about the podcast. You got to okay. listen to it. So I'd say hello, but <laughs> hello, Uber guy waiting at Megatons. <laughs> I don't remember your name. Sorry. But um, yeah, we chatted for a bit and then uh, and then I left. And then I said, I'll, I'll try again after. And then we just fucking swamped with the opening of the restaurant and everything. And, okay. You know, dealing with all the construction, all that stuff, you know, so it was very time consuming. And then my boss came a little bit later, a few days later, and it was the first time I met that boss because he's out in Calgary. Okay. My boss here and, and, and this guy, they're partners. So um, so I didn't want to, like, just take off at night and go again and see if they're there, you know, and he was like, hey, we're going to have, everybody's going to have dinner tonight, you know, right. whatever. So, you know how it is. Yeah. So I didn't get a chance to do that. And it was only, it was like my last two nights. But I did call to find out just in case I was able to go and it ended up, uh, Mr. Diaz was out of town anyways. He went away okay. for the week or whatever. So I wouldn't have been able to train with him. I would have just went with whoever. They said, oh, we got plenty of black belts. And the way I reached them was through Facebook Messenger. It was the best way to so reach them. So someone was on it. Someone was on yeah. it responding, yeah, and they were on top of it. That's the thing, eh? Like, if you're calling by phone, it has to be someone's cell phone. You know what I mean? Like, if it's not someone's cell phone and they actually have a business phone there, yeah. Like, you'll never reach somebody. Like, you look at these schools, the jiu-jitsu schools, it's not like they're open all day, every day. You know what no, I mean? No, you're right. I mean, we're lucky. There's almost someone always at, at our BTT, yeah, right? right. Just because of, there's so much going on. Right. But sure, some of them, a lot of them are just, oh, we'll, we'll come back, you know, in two hours when we have a class, you know, starting up. Because they have nothing else, maybe, or something. Yeah, yeah. So, no jiu-jitsu. No jiu-jitsu. And then, mm. by that time, I kind of ruined my kind of chances because I left it open to go there rather than go and train with Charles. Right. You know, he, he, he trains at uh, Gracie Baja. So, but I did end up going to have dinner with Charles. So that was great. That's good. So yeah. It doesn't count as jiu-jitsu, no, by the way. No, it doesn't. Having <laughs> dinner, dinner with, with a jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu guy. Black belt doesn't count as jiu-jitsu. <laughs> or so. does it? <laughs> I know. But oh. uh, Charles Everly, shout out. Super cool guy. Very hospital. He bought me dinner. Nice. Went to this cool little local place um, near, near his house and, uh, he, um, yeah, he's super interesting. And I didn't want to talk too much about jujitsu with him because I know we're going to do a podcast with him. Right. And he's really looking forward to that too. We just talked about, you know, his work and, you know, uh, the whole, um, um, the whole, uh, medicine, uh, what am I, what's the, I'm fucking having a brain fart here. Medicine? Yeah. The whole, uh, oh my God, the healthcare system. Oh, God, okay. Okay. <laughs> in the States versus Canada and everything. We had some cool conversation. Okay. And, um, yeah, but, uh, the jujitsu thing we'll keep for, uh, when Definitely. we talk to him and stuff and really look forward to that because, you know, he's a UFC, you know, medic, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. You know, he's in the sidelines there when, when the, uh, all the, the big boys are fighting in the, in the UFC. Octagon. How old is he? I think he's like 52. And his jujitsu is ridiculous. Yeah. When you roll with him. Oh yeah. He doesn't roll like a older no. gentleman. Oh no. God. No. 52, but he's not that he's an older gentleman at 52, but I mean, it's a guy who has mileage, but he's like a 35. Year old exactly. Yeah. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Huh. And one of the nicest guys in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So, hmm. uh, no, I had a great time. Uh, so thanks again, Charles, if you're listening, uh, it was uh, very good of you to, uh, to take me out that night and, uh, hopefully we'll uh, do it again. I might yeah. actually be going back to Arizona again. Oh yeah. Hopefully soon. I don't know. Don't he know. said maybe soon, but I don't know what that means. That okay. could mean two weeks. It could mean six months. I don't okay. have no idea. Okay. But uh, if have I you do, to, I will definitely go back to my Have you been to jiu-jitsu since you've been back? No. Doing class? No, no you've only on been Friday back for night. like, yeah. Been I got back Friday night. That's yeah. it. So and then it was like sleep because I didn't sleep much. Mm. I was working on stop there. And then uh, 
today sunday right so that's it i was gonna go to open mat today but um i had scheduled a podcast at three o'clock that ended up working out with professor kaylin kalista in punta cana and apparently the internet went down for everyone in punta cana because that's how it works down there (laughs) one server yeah one antenna (laughs) (laughs) so we're gonna do him tomorrow definitely that's gonna be a podcast for tomorrow but um yeah i was gonna go to open mat but i didn't and then that didn't work out but we're back on track this week so back to jiu-jitsu yeah and i was we were my family got riddled with sickness due to the newborn that got sick then my wife wasn't feeling well and then i got it and we were all sick i teach toddler class on sundays and i didn't teach one week because i was sick and then we had a swim meet the the weekend after but i i I literally just stayed away from the mats so your son was patient zero he was patient zero yeah Yeah. and i was a good jiu-jitsu student and even though i wanted to go to jiu-jitsu you didn't and maybe at the end like i could have i didn't for the well sake of everybody else of course the last thing you want i hate going on a mat and rolling with some guy who's like has a sniffly nose and like it drives me nuts it drives me nuts just stay home like i know you want to go to jiu-jitsu but like you're gonna get everybody sick it's not cool you just shouldn't do it that's a that's douchebaggish a little bit yeah a little <laughs> bit okay um let's jump into a few topics that i wrote down okay um a first good one so everyone's posting on facebook now what danahar said about rolling did you see what i what i sent you? i saw what you wrote but i don't know if it's did you look at his post did you see his post? Uh, on no, Facebook? I didn't see it. Okay. It, was, it was new to me when you when you posted that. Okay, to me. Yeah. You that to me. So he said on Facebook or posted in some type of forum or chat that um, he thinks, from his experience and and his knowledge, that you should be rolling eighty percent of your rolls should be with lower belts than what you are. Does he explain why? Okay, so he very briefly explains right. why, and then there's like uh, I don't know how many like hundreds of comments on that one post right so he explains i I did write it down so he says it's hard to develop technical skills with people that are better than you right so you're drilling uh, a sweep a sub or whatnot and if you're trying to drill against somebody who's much better than you it, it will be harder to pull sure. off because they'll read it. They'll they'll know what you're yeah. about to do. They, they see it coming. They yeah. see it coming. They might know that technique. They might avoid it. So how how are you going to drill that technique if the people that you're going against are always the hard rolls with people that are better than you? How yeah. are you ever going to land it? So yes, maybe by practice and finding sneaky ways of doing it, eventually you'll get to it. So I kind of see his point that yeah, I see it too. Yeah. But it's the percentages that I'm having a hard time. Is how he determined 80, that? 80. Why eighty? Why he not said 50, eighty 50? to ninety? He said 80 really? to 90 in his post. Do you think that it was a spur of the moment kind of thing? Or do you think he's probably said that in the past? Like, I, I don't something... think he says things like spur of the moment. No, because all not. of his posts, really he is. It's, and they're they're long, intelligent, well thought of posts. Hmm. So um, it's, it just was beliefs. And then, I mean, there was tons of comments and whatnot. And what else did he say? He said developing a good, so doing that, um, Rolling with higher belts and getting hard rolls, you develop a very good defensive um, position, mm. right? Because uh, you're all most you should be always on the defense against a higher belt who's probably always yeah. trying to attack you and sub you and whatnot. So he says, as opposed to offense, which is his belief is the point of jiu-jitsu. Your point, your your the point of jiu-jitsu is to dominate your opponent, right? Yeah. So if you're always going for the sub and always trying to be in a dominant position and whatnot, the other person is all should be always on defense. So that that was the second point to it, right? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, not for us to say. 
uh, that we, we would know better, obviously not than right. him, but uh, I'm just trying to think of my own experience. And mm-hmm. I, I think, yeah, I think when I go against uh, lower belts, yeah, try new stuff, right? But I never go lower belts. It's weird. It's rare because, like, if you think of the line. Or you always, what do you mean? You always go with lower belts unless you're picked. I rare, I rare, I, no, so but. So you're picked often then by so a higher So I'm belt. either picked, and if I'm not, I, I pick the next guy in line who's yeah, usually sure. another purple or right. uh, or a blue. You, you know got to I mean? be down in my end of the line. <laughs> <laughs> you're, we're both the same belt. Doesn't we're both matter, purples. It doesn't matter. I'm lower on the line because I just got my purple belt not long ago, but. Yeah. Um, so often, more often than not, because I'm probably the newest, one of the newest purple belts, right? So more often than not, I look to my left and I have a blue belt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if there's no blue belts that day, there's going to be yellow belt, white belts. And if those blue belts got picked by somebody else, then I'm picking it down the line. So maybe I get uh, lower belts more often than you do. Um, but not, not all the time. You're right. Like, usually we just took the guy to the left and we yeah. pick that guy. And more, a lot of times the blue belts that I am picking are savages anyways. There you go. You know, so yeah. uh, there some of them are better than me. Some of them are almost good as me or whatever. So... It's, it's, uh, you're right. It's always, uh, it's hard to say, but when I get picked by, so I, if I pick a lower belt, yeah, I'll try newer stuff. Let's say I, you know, so, so happens we get a white belt going and he's like six months in or whatever, mm-hmm. or, you know, 10 months in, uh, I'll try newer stuff. I'll try stuff I won't do, but it could mean I'm trying a new defensive thing. You know, I'm trying to protect myself in a different way yeah. or it could mean I'm talking in a different way. Uh, but if I pick, if I get picked by a higher belt, I find they're doing the same thing to me now, right? Yeah. So I, yeah. Hey, and but I won't try new stuff with a higher belt. Mm-hmm. I will say I'm going to bring my best game and see if I can actually make it work this time against this brown belt or against this black belt. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And yeah. So I, I guess that's what it is, right? Side note to that, actually, yeah. which made me think, we in another podcast we were talking about how, um, um. Sometimes, you know, purple belts and blue belts and whatnot, they'll they'll roll with higher belts and then they'll do super well against them. Yeah. And they'll be like, Man, like I'm totally should get promoted soon right. or like or or my jitsu is doing really well. Like yeah. you feel confident because you're like, Hey, like I was able to get here with that brown belt or I was able to get here with that that purple belt. But when you think about it with that logic of rolling eighty percent of the time with lower belts, that black belt, brown belt, or purple belt who you rolled with might have been rolling with you sure, right 50% with, no not 50 but with the goal of landing that one technique sure. that they're working on that one yeah, sweep yeah, yeah. which made you look super great but in reality they're just working on their technique i think right? sometimes we catch a higher belt and you know it'll never happen again let's say or whatever because mm-hmm. they were letting you get to a certain point right and then you were you know you just got good on that one on that one move and you caught them whatever it's kind of an anomaly right and mm-hmm. then it you know they'll never let you get there again which is i guess the point yeah um and then you'll say, oh, yeah, I did great. And sometimes you'll go against a guy who's like, you've always considered your kind of your level or a little bit higher than you, you know, and uh, you do super good one day and you just demolish him. Then you're like, yeah, on cloud nine. Like, right. oh, fuck, I'm <laughs> shit. Then the next day you get your ass handed to you by a lower belt. Ray just spit water all over himself. Sorry. And then you're like, oh, my God, bring, I suck at jujitsu. I'm going to jump off a building. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's that's I think that's what I love so much about jujitsu. Yeah, is that one minute you think you're you're doing great or you are doing great, and then the next minute you're like, oh my god, I got to work on this yeah. so hard. Yeah, yeah, because I I, I I thought about it. I thought about the post and it, I was able to relate to it, and it makes sense to me because due to the fact that I don't end up going down the line quite often, like I'm always picking the guy next to me, and I think I'm gonna rethink that. Right. Because if I'm rolling with someone, you know, if I'm rolling with another purple belt. 
and I and if I land what I'm trying to go for and I'm working on, you know, I've been doing worm guard for like six months now or really working that worm guard and you know, it's been getting getting better and better and most of the time I'm rolling with purple belts, right. you know, or higher. But when I am really going for it, I know if I'm rolling against people in my level and I'm able to land that stuff, I know it's getting somewhere. But I like the idea of rolling with like a blue belt and be like, Man, if I can if I keep landing it there and keep working it and working those little intricacies that are, that are giving me a hard time, maybe that will take me longer what, to figure out when I'm rolling with a purple or a brown, maybe I'll have more success quicker against people that are better than me or higher level than right. me. So I don't know. Maybe I'll re- rethink it next time I'm in the line and be like, maybe I'll just like, I'll, I'll grab a, you know, I'll get behind the purples, get yeah. them in front of me. Hopefully they'll get picked first. And then I can uh, maybe pick a blue or something, and then work on the little things that yeah. I want to work on. It's smart. It's it's not it's not a it's not a bad concept. No, I guess not. And maybe we don't is even a lot though. It I sounds know, like a yeah, lot, but maybe we we're not seeing what he sees. Maybe the guy sees obviously so much more than we have, but maybe that's what it is. Maybe we're just not there yet to mm-hmm. understand it completely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Good point. Good point. Good point. What um, else do we got? Um, oh yeah, somebody was asking. Um, if only training BJJ was conditioning enough for your everyday mm. life, you know what I mean? Like walking upstairs, uh, walking back and forth in the office, um, I don't know, like cardio and all that stuff. And I had a hard time like thinking of an answer for that. If I were to only do like, so I have to say that my conditioning mostly consists of BJJ and only recently did I start doing some conditioning in the weight room. Right. Uh, I got a program for my core. Because I was getting like injuries like in between the ribs, like the cartilage or the muscle, whatever is there. And I find that because of the game that I was playing and really working the worm guard involved me like turning my body in weird ways that I wasn't used to. Mm -hmm. Like almost going all the way to the back, you know, when I have the lapel underneath the leg. So like I'm twisting my whole body to the side. And if someone puts pressure, I find like it was creating some like like lingering uh, injuries. So I started doing some stretches and stuff like that and some exercises in the weight room. But I mean previous to that it was really just jiu-jitsu and i mean it's not like i couldn't pick anything up or like i don't know walk long distances or well i, I think it, there's a lot of variables right if phil siegel was here he'd be like well it depends it depends <laughs> on the person so it, it like uh, for myself i haven't i hadn't done anything in a long time mm-hmm. exercise wise and since before i started jiu-jitsu so for me, it would absolutely benefit me to do conditioning apart from jujitsu, and it would probably really help my game. John, too, my son is always telling me, "Come on, you got to get in there with me and put a little program together for you, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and and do some some workouts aside from jujitsu." You know, that's I think to me it's more of a question of time and like, okay, if I want to do jujitsu three days a week and then I do the gym the other th- you know three yeah. or four days, then when when the hell am I going to be home? You know, so yeah. But whatever, I'll I'll get there eventually. I just got to get off my ass, mm-hmm. but um. But then there's a guy, let's say a younger guy, you know, in his 20s, and he does jujitsu six days a week or seven days a week. And they're, and he's, you know, depending on what academy he goes to, maybe they're more, you know, they, they like to do the workout beforehand, the warm ups and the running around and the, you know, the different, you know, the, the shrimping and all the, the kind of stuff that kind of gets you going, you know, before you start uh, doing technique. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get a good little workout there and then they, they get sparring at the end. So I think it's a decent class, right? Um, and if they're doing it six days a week, then it's not bad. Do they really need conditioning? And they're twenty five, right? Say. So yeah. I think the age is a big factor. It's huge yeah. for sure. Yeah. So I can't do jujitsu six days a week. 
I just, I'm not in shape for it. So I would right. need to get conditioning done in order to get there, I think. Mm. I think. And then people will say, well, if the time that you're spending in the conditioning room, you could be at jiu-jitsu. Right. So right. maybe my, my, my jiu-jitsu game might get better, but my stamina won't. Mm -hmm. right? My endurance won't. So not necessarily, unless I'm doing something to help that, right? You just got to have lazy jiu-jitsu. Yeah, I guess. That's what I have. I have lazy <laughs> jiu-jitsu. It involves, like, it, it only, like, I can't do my lazy jiu-jitsu against people like uh, Will, you know, oh, William yeah. Paget, who, again, no matter what I do, even if I was, like, 20 again, yeah. like, it's just, what I can't keep up with his cardio no, and his conditioning. He's just a young guy, you know what I mean? Cardio, yeah. So... I can't, I have a hard time slowing the pace with him. I, I try as much as I can, but I mean, everybody else, like I try my, for my jitsu to be pretty lazy, even on the bottom, on the top, doesn't matter. So I control the pace, you know, mm -hmm. I determine what the pace is going to be. I don't let anybody speed up on me or things like that. It just doesn't make any sense. So, I mean, would I focus on cardio? Probably not because I don't think I'd necessarily need it right. i don't know but then there's that i mean i did that 26 minute match you know what i mean and, oh yeah but again i, I wasn't i wasn't tired I, I wasn't sweating i was on the bottom for 26 minutes yeah. you know bottom half and just waiting to set up setting up my things and stuff so it's not like if i needed cardio to prepare for that or anything like yeah. that but i don't know i think I, I think you know in regards to the question i think it really depends on what you're looking for and you know how old you are yeah your state your are, are you, state, yeah, are yeah. you looking to bulk up and is that really going to help your jiu-jitsu if you, do you think it's going to help your jiu-jitsu and why and all that stuff because from experience bulking up isn't going to help your jiu-jitsu but i mean who knows and then you're, then here's your son who yeah. contradicts that theory yeah. in every possible way <laughs> well just he benches he, people off of him yeah he he gets it now so. but he works he's more technical now than he's ever been yes absolutely and he made a conscious effort so what he was doing at one point was he would put his workout days in the gym the same days as jiu-jitsu. Mm -hmm. So when he got to jiu-jitsu, he was really tired already. Right. And his arms were sore or his shoulders were sore, his legs or whatever. So, But then I started telling him, I don't know if it's actually helping you. I think you need to have the strength and not use it. Yeah. I don't think the, the solution is to tire yourself out completely because then I was watching him knowing he was tired from his, you know, his two-hour stint at the gym mm -hmm. and watching jiu-jitsu and just finding himself on the bottom and you know, tired and, and stalling a bit because he's so gassed or whatever. And I'm like, mm, I don't know. I think it'd be better if he was, you know, top shape and conserving his energy, like being consciously saving his energy, not doing it because he just can't breathe anymore or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Maybe it's a, you know, a happy mix of both. Uh, but now he's back to training on the days he doesn't do jiu-jitsu. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So now he's with, you know, Monday nights and Wednesday nights with Cascal. Monday night, Wednesday night, okay. And then fr sometimes Friday with Will when he can. Right. It's a lot about, you know, lifts and stuff mm -hmm. with me. Um, and he does the gyms on the other nights now, on the Tuesdays and Thursdays and stuff. So wow. so I think he feels it's better. He feels better, I think, uh, after each session. And he's working overnight still, right? And he works night shift, yeah, yeah graveyard shift. So so he does jiu-jitsu, uh, trains, and then goes to work right after and then sleeps. Monday night, the... he goes to jiu-jitsu. I pick him up, drive him to work. Wednesday night, jiu-jitsu, and then I bring him home. He doesn't work. Okay. And then Friday, if he goes to Will's class, he, uh, he'll he go there, and I'll pick him up bring him home. Hmm. He doesn't work Friday nights. Okay. So, yeah. Hmm. That's an interesting schedule. So, yeah, it is. You know what? People say they you know they don't have time to do jiu-jitsu or whatever, don't have time to do something. He's figuring this out. This is a perfect example of it. Yeah. Guy's working graveyard shift. He sleeps during the day, 
until three four o'clock in the afternoon yeah you know and he finds the time to do all of it you have to have you have to have an academy that gives you the opportunity to do it too and like we said you know it's not every academy that has classes every night of the week lunchtime morning and whatnot so i mean we're 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 pretty blessed for the schedule that we have and it works for anybody on any schedule i've never oh i can't say i've never heard anyone say they didn't have time in our academy to do jiu-jitsu because of all the classes that we have i i've had i've heard people say that but the people that do say that yeah. you know they don't last long i no. mean they're they're around for a couple months and yep. then you don't see them and again. now even more so since fred opened vaudreuil second location sometimes people will call like yesterday or today pat you know asked the thing hey what's going on in vaudreuil tonight so yeah. even if it's a night that you know there's maybe not something going on in the west island He'll, you can ask about Vaudreuil, and there might be something going on there. He's funny. He messaged at 12. He's like, hey, what's going on in Vaudreuil? And then Fred's like, there was class at 11 a.m. <laughs> he was like an hour late. <laughs> That's crappy. <laughs> um, okay, what else? Um, oh, yeah, so a few IBJJF things. So, um, oh, yeah. yeah, I find yeah, the fees, man. So $40. Again, this is not nothing new. People are going to be like, yeah, we heard about this a few months ago or a year ago or this and that. But someone just recently posted there was a big conversation about it, about the IBJJF fees being $40 US dollars for the uh, yearly membership. And then the cost of registering, which is obviously in US, so 126 US. Yeah. So if you put that in Canadian dollars for our Canadian listeners, what's well, 126 in American? Well, think about it as a whole because it's 40 American plus 126 American. Well, for, yeah, so for, 40 for the year. So if you want to do your first IBJJF, right? Yeah. Do you have uh So 126, 129. 126. No? 126. Okay, plus 40 is 166 mm-hmm. and multiply by I think it was 34% yesterday. That's insane. So add $56 to that, right? 166 we said. Yeah, it's 222 bucks Canadian. To do one fucking tournament. So to do your first IBJJF. To IBJ, do your first tournament. And, and then, then after that. Every tournament is 126 plus tax. Oh, plus tax. Don't forget too. Yeah, I forgot about that. Tax. Uh, tax times, and exchange. Times 1.34. It's 168 bucks. Canadian. Single elimination. Crazy, crazy, crazy. It's going to scare. Well, some people say, no, it won't. You know, people that do it. It's not that much at the end of the year. Dude, you know, I, I used to. Tell uh, my buddies that their kids are like in hockey and football and stuff. Oh, yeah. you guys, it's so expensive. Oh, yeah. Jiu-jitsu is so cheap. It's yeah. great. You know, considering, sure, it sounds like, you know, a high monthly fee, but at the end of the year, it doesn't it's not that much. Yeah. They're not that far apart. It's true. You know, you look at all the equipment they buy and everything, and then you look at what we pay, plus the gi, and then the tournaments. And then if you have to go out of town for the tournament, you got to, it's just like when they go to their hockey tournaments that are abroad, right? So it's very comparable now. So when they, you get these... IBJJF American tournaments for 129 bucks American, and then you add tax on that. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's costly for sure. I got uh, a message from one of my buddies that I met just recently uh, when I went to Boston to compete. Yep. Uh, another um, BTT affiliate down there. Okay. And I saw that he um, registered for the IBJJF Boston uh, in two weeks. Okay. Um, and uh, I commented, oh, good job. Um, I, hope you, I hope you have a great time in this nab. And he asked me if I was going to register. And I didn't go through my rant of I'm never doing points ever again. <laughs> but <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not. Yeah. Uh, and that's where it came up. The, like the, the cost and everything, even though Boston for us is like six hours, it's only six hours away. But I mean, you got to stay the night before. You can't drive up at 3 a.m. type of thing. So you got to go the night before. You have to, I mean, it's not the gas. It's the night before the cost of the hotel. And if you add like the, the exchange rate and everything, it just 
just makes no sense. It's well, it crazy. is the gas too. It's a tank there and a tank oh, back. Oh yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah. It's eighty bucks there, eighty bucks back. Let's say for gas, and you eat, and then your hotel another, you know, one hundred fifty bucks or whatever it is for a night. Yeah. So for sure. So for for a just like a normal IBJJF, like an open, it's not really worth it. You know what I mean? No. Especially and look at your divisions. I mean, unless you're an adult, so you're an adult at like middleweight. Yeah. I mean. Uh, their divisions are stacked all sure. the time, yeah. right? But anything like Master 1, Master 2, and up, and yeah. so on, I mean, like, you can't find anybody. Especially if you weigh, you know, 215. Yeah, and you're, and yeah, <laughs> there you go. You weigh a little bit more, yeah. and the second you start looking at, like, purple and whatnot, I mean, you have next to no one in your division. Yeah. Just for the fun of it, I looked. Yeah. Just to see if there was anyone in the division. I wasn't going to register. I just looked. I just glanced. <laughs> I went for a just glance. window shopping. Yeah, and uh, there was one guy, you know, in my in Master's 2, purple belt. Did you recognize At middleweight. I didn't, but oh, okay. but but I, I but I did Facebook stock and I could not find him. I just like doing that. You're like, who would I compete against? Yeah, type of thing, right? That's funny. But um, no, it, it's so expensive. I don't know how people in Canada will afford, unless the IBJJF is in Canada, which is normally Toronto, and they come once a year. You know what I mean? That's yeah. one tournament. I mean, when they 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 obviously say that the more well, obviously they say that the IBJJF is the most prestigious tournament but i think as time goes by and all these other tournaments popping up and these other names we're seeing more nagas and this and that yeah. i don't i think uh the ibjjf will definitely be prestigious maybe for the worlds you know world masters right. worlds the and all well that. isn't it debatable whether it's the ibjjf or the uh, abu dhabi that's true yeah that's right? true i think the abu dhabi is considered the most prestigious one i think so yeah uh, for well I think I'm just going by what I remember hearing. I but. think the only thing that they're that they're lacking uh, is the worlds, right? Like having an Abu Dhabi worlds. worlds yeah. I remember someone I had a conversation. I think it was with Professor Phil about that and how they were lacking just like a tight, like just do your normal tournament, just put the world like the name the word world, world you know yeah. what I mean, and then you'll like you'll be on top of the game. But but when I talk to people about those tournaments and stuff, and people that don't know about jujitsu, you know, when you mention like. Uh, well, I went with John to California mm -hmm. once to the Worlds. Right. I'm like, oh, cool, you know. It's like, oh, impressive kind of thing. But and then you mentioned, uh, you know, oh, there's this you know tournament in Abu Dhabi that if you get the qualifying, if you win, you're qualifying in your city, you get a tri paid trip to Abu Dhabi. They're like, ooh, mm -hmm. now it's even more impressive, you know. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I, I think I like personally, I like the Abu Dhabi, the idea of the Abu Dhabi better. Yeah. Maybe just because it's. You know, in a mysterious, far mysterious place kind of thing, whatever. Yeah. I, I don't know. You yeah. Know. It'd be nice, though, yeah. if the IBJJF were, well, like, considered giving some cash prize if you won your division. Right. So, I, Abu Dhabi does, right? Yeah, Abu Dhabi. Yeah. Or they used to or there. something. There. there in not, Abu Dhabi. Not here, not right. at the qualifying right. there. In yeah. Abu Dhabi, yeah. Because that would be good. You know, if I'm going to spend, again, 200 bucks to go do a single elimination tournament, I mean, I, I'd be a little bit more up for it if I knew that, hey, if I won gold, it would, you know, they'd give me my money back and I'd, I'd be able to yeah. cover it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that for wouldn't sure. be too bad. I mean, it's a lot of money well, to give out. Well, didn't that happen with, uh, I don't know where, but there's a girl at uh, at headquarters that went to Abu Dhabi and paid her way. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And she, I think she won. And she ended, it was like at Blue Belt and she won the prize package, which basically covered her trip. Okay. So she got a free yeah. trip to Unless Abu Dhabi, I'm just basically. imagining this whole oh, yeah. fucking scenario. Okay. But I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Hmm. I'll hear about it. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> that it was not at all like that, Brian. Yeah. 
Yeah, but yeah, that would definitely make more sense. It would be a little bit of an initiative. Like, yeah. you know, like puts rules like there has to be minimum three in your division or something right, right, right. or something like that. But because, man, that's a lot of money. I was yeah. looking at that and it's crazy. So there's another one coming up. Maybe we can plug this guy. Um, Black Flies. Black Fly. Oh, you told Brazilian me about Jiu-Jitsu. that. It's but are only... they actually doing it now? Oh, yeah. It's in May. They're, they always have. Is it in Smooth Comp? It is now. This year's the first year I think it was in Smooth Comp. Really? Black Fly Jiu-Jitsu. And it's uh, an all-kids tournament. It's just kids, though, eh? Oh, it's just kids. It's just kids. Well, I'm, not yeah, Google, yeah. I'm not Googling it anymore. <laughs> I was just in the middle of Googling it. No, it's only kids. It's so for anybody black who flies. <laughs> was it red flies? Black flies? Black, black flies. flies. Yeah. Any, oh, any cool. parents with kids and jiu-jitsu, it, it, it's in Maine. You said it was a good tournament. Well, it looked good. Last yeah. year, they had 126 kids. That's good. It's a good so start. this year, hey, maybe 150, 160 maybe, you know. Hmm. So I was thinking about going this year for sure. It's not that far. That's and, uh, it's. I think it's like last year anyway, it was 70 bucks. The kids get gi, no uh, gi, and uh, I want to say no gi, or maybe it was just an absolute. Okay, but it's they one get of those something two. else. And they do a he calls it a fun takedown tournament for oh, the kids. Yeah. So it's I guess kind of like, like judo, judo, right? Oh, yeah, that's cool. So that's that's great, and it forced the kids to work on their takedowns and stuff, you know. Uh, so I thought, and it's all included in the price. And last year, he texted me back on, or he messaged me back on Messenger and said, um. Yeah, just sign up and don't worry about paying until you get here. And this year they're advertising that now. Just sign up and you pay when you get here. Um, and he uh, last year he also said for all our Canadian friends, uh, the tournament fees are at par. Wow! So it was seventy Canadian. For Is us. he going to do that this year too? At par? I don't know. I, don't know. I really don't. Let remember. me turn down the heat. Keep talking. Yeah, it's, just, it's hot in here. Okay, so keep talking. Eh? Oh, Pressure's so on. No, but I really like the idea of traveling for tournaments just to make it sound like a bigger deal for Julio, you know, for my son, my little guy. Um, the fact that they're driving to the States to do a tournament makes them feel cool. And they get a hype. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it makes a little day trip, you know, for the family, whatever. And hmm. I mean, I guess everybody in sports that has their kids in sports kind of kind of, kind of goes through that already, yeah. right? So, yeah. Hmm. Cool. Okay, so we spoke about actually since we're on the IBJJF topic, I'm just gonna bring up what I sent you there. The uh, belt ranking thing. The belt ranking thing. So someone posted in a BJJ group, IBJJF graduation system, and it gives you like all the belts, the ages of how long it should take, the rankings, and all that stuff. And I found it really like actually Professor Phil said it best. And I'm gonna quote him. <laughs> so I wrote. Thoughts. Interesting discussion on promotions and what belt level can promote practitioners. Uh, someone posted it on Facebook. It's an official IBJJF document. It basically gives you, okay, so from to get your blue belt, it should be two years. To get your purple, it should be a year and a half. To get your brown, it should be a year. And then there's nothing for, for black. And uh, Professor Phil wrote, IBJJF is like Christianity. They used to run everything. <laughs> so they were the standard yeah. back in the day. Yeah. And I guess they're not anymore. So, or maybe just a little less. Well, a lot yeah, more a little companies less. coming out right, doing their own yeah. tournaments. So what I, I find it confusing here a bit here. It says practitioners between 16 and 17 years old. Purple to brown is two years. Purple to brown. No, purple to brown is one year. Well, here at the very beginning, from 16 to 17 years old. Oh, to 16 to 17. Yeah. Yes, it Just should take two years. two years from purple. How many purple 16-year-olds do you know? As far as I know, you it's can't like even impossible. Ha- you can't even have a purple. You got to be a blue belt, right? You get a blue belt at purple. At 16. 
Uh, so you get a blue belt at, at 16. 16. Yeah. But I've heard these, you know, stories about, you know, these famous jiu-jitsu practitioners that basically eat, sleep, and shit in the in the jiu-jitsu gym, and they get their black belts in, right? Yeah. In three years or whatever, that one guy, like 18 months, or whatever, but he had like a good background or something of yeah. wrestling and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But whatever, like, how do they get it so young if you have to be 16 to get a blue belt? Makes no sense. Maybe they're so good by the time they turn 16, they're getting, are they getting their purple, purple, purple belts right away? It, I guess it could happen, right? But then it says practitioners from 18 years old, white belt to brown belt. So you start at 18, at, I guess. At you 20, take, you should have your blue. Right. At 21 and a half you should have your purple at 22 and a half you have a brown and then there's nothing for black so it's so this is this is basically saying it should take you four and a half years to get your black belt that's fucking crazy Mm. there's some small print there underneath that i can't read because the picture's too blurry too so i don't know what that says and then practitioners from the black belt okay so from black to Oh, then it's all the stripes, right? The yeah. coral belts. The and all red that black stuff. belt is thirty-one so years. Thirty-one years, seven years, ten years. So it'd be a total of thirty-eight, 40, forty-eight years. Forty-eight years. Yeah, I've heard that. Forty-seven, forty-eight. Yeah, makes years. sense. Yeah. yeah I don't but know. I still don't get this whole four and a half years if you're eighteen when you start to get your black belt. Just doesn't make any sense. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. So if anybody has any thoughts on that, maybe we're missing something. Yeah, right? maybe. Yeah, you know. definitely send us a message. Yeah. Go on Facebook and search Let's Talk Jiu-Jitsu Podcast, and you can definitely send us a message there. Or you can email us at letstalkjujitsu at gmail.com. Or you could find me on Facebook, Ray, Ray Terrence, or Brian Vieira on Facebook. And yeah, if you have an answer to that, I mean, go for it. I mean, why not? I might as well plug all my social media at the same time. <laughs> go, yeah. Why not? got t-shirts for sale sure. at letstalkjujitsu.com. Speaking of which, yeah, t-shirts. When am I getting? Married? Oh, I have to give you a, a Let's Talk Jiu-Jitsu <laughs> T-shirt. I gotta do that. Yeah, I gotta do that. Hey, on the topic of belt promotions and stuff like that, um, again, uh, another post in a random BGJ group. I like getting stuff from there because it opens discussion sure. and whatnot. Um, in one of the groups, uh, I actually answered. They they said, should um, should purples and browns? Oh yeah, be able to. I thought about uh, this in the car one. Should be able to promote lower ranking belts. Right. Should they be able to if, give their belts to somebody? If, if they're the highest ranking in the academy or they run an academy or this and that. So mm. I'm a brown belt and I think this guy should get his purple so I can give him his purple. And then discussion went nuts. I would say it was 50-50. Really? Half of them said, uh, no, it should be done by a black belt. And I think that was a, it was a lot of black belt feedback that was yeah. giving that. And then the other half was... No, purple belts. Was, yeah, all the, all <laughs> the purple belts were like, no, no, no. So yeah, that was an interesting topic. I don't know what you think about that. I think it should be a black belt or through a black belt in some capacity. Me so too. example, uh, you know, our school, uh, Fred was a brown belt when he started kind of really establish his BTT West Island, I think, yeah. uh, when we were at the tennis club. Uh, him and Lee were both brown belts and they're the ones who were teaching, right? Uh, but because he's an affiliate of BTT, everybody goes to Fabio and to it, do the belt. And test. it went so, through him. That's right. So it's yeah. through Fabio with uh, Fred, you know, him putting his trust in Fred that everybody's earned it and they deserve it and everything. So it's kind of a, mm-hmm. you know, collaboration. But but Fred not having that certificate, I guess, of a black, you know, black mm-hmm. belt, uh, it's Fabio to you know, say yes, he can have his black belt yeah. because, because I trust Fred kind of thing. So I think in mm-hmm. that sense, it should be okay. Or example, uh, Jacob is uh, a black belt, right? 
Yeah. Uh, this is actually kind of works the same thing. That doesn't count because he's up north with. The, but he comes here the for Inuits, the belt test, and he comes yeah. here with the belt test, so that doesn't really yeah. count. But let's say uh, he wasn't like, BTT and he had a legitimate black belt like he does, and he was up there and he was just his own teacher. I think he should be allowed if he was a brown belt. I think he should be allowed to give uh, uh, the belts up. You think he should go through the guy who gave him his black belt to get his say? Not necessarily, but I think if his uh, professor says you're a brown belt, but I give you my blessing kind of thing. Go right ahead. To run your academy and I trust in your, your yes. judgment and whatnot. If he's running through under the same banner. But mm-hmm. if he's his own independent, right, and has nothing to do with who he learned from, right. I still think he should be able to do it as long as the professor says it's okay. Okay. Kind are you saying stri- strictly for brown or what about purples? I don't think purples should be given them out. Cause, I can't Because there imagine. are a lot of purples that open up academies. I know. Mm. And that's great, but they should be affiliated with somebody so they get... Otherwise... They don't grow. That's true. They don't grow. They don't grow. And and not only that, but uh, where does it stop? Mm-hmm. You know, we got blue belts opening up academies, right? As you know what I'm talking about. One I think. in Montreal? Well, one in Montreal one and in Montreal. some in the States, you know, and they call themselves- yeah, let's not. Uh, Gracie you know. compatible. Okay, so yeah. let's well, mention Well, it. why not? What are we going to do? Be like, those guys, they're the only <laughs> ones. Guys, or yeah. Actually, I'm saying they're the only ones. Maybe there are others. But, right. I mean, there's nothing wrong. Again, I, I had another full-blown-out conversation with, I think it was Professor Phil. I, I can't. I don't know why I can't stop talking to this guy I'm telling you. It's just like, He's just he just so, won't shut up. <laughs> so lovely. <laughs> no, but he, like, he... Well, you know, when I talk to him about things, like you could tell, like he he's really putting his two cents in, and even if he's not sure, he'll say he's not sure. But yeah. I mean, we spoke about this, and it's like, why not? You know, if it's two guys who got a certification, yeah, and they are teaching self defense, and they don't claim to be anything else but a self defense, right? The self defense portion of jujitsu. I mean, what's wrong with two guys with with, with blue belts if yeah. that's what they're trained and certified sure. to do? Right? They're not going to get. You know, purple belts in there. No. Right? They're just going to get white belts, and they're going to train people up to the point that they can, I guess. They just want people to – they want people to – I mean, they want people to come in and to learn self-defense. Right. Their their goal isn't to build world champions. Maybe they'll teach some self-defense through jiu-jitsu, and maybe those guys will be like, oh, wow, I really love jiu-jitsu. I'd love to take it so much further. Right. And they'll go to another school who actually does sports jiu-jitsu and this and that. Mm. But, I mean, their goal is – to do self-defense jiu-jitsu and at first i was like oh man it doesn't make any sense two blue belts and this and that yeah but it's two blue belts who are certified in something very specific and they're teaching something specific yeah. it's not like they're teaching a point system and this and that it's not like a, a like your typical traditional brazilian jiu-jitsu school right so why not i mean why not teach people self-defense like do i really care if you have a blue belt on that's up to the client right that's that's the customer to be yeah. like do your research and if you go there and you trust in those people and you realize that their skills are valid and you go through the you know you maybe look at the background of the certification you're like wow that makes sense they went through a lot and they have great experience maybe they're they have backgrounds in other type of martial arts and not just that either right not just that certification and if you're okay with that and you're willing to pay i mean who am i to say like no don't do it right and i think if the the affiliation behind them supports them completely saying that we trust this blue belt to represent what he's doing represent us in what he's doing then that's fine too right because they're the ones who are gonna i guess if anything does happen where they lose uh, you know a little bit of credibility then the affiliate behind them is going to lose credibility right so what else i got what else i got i got a lot of stuff no i don't (laughs) um 
Oh, yeah, someone posted a question. Is blue belt the happiest belt you've ever held? That's a really silly question. It is, how eh? Does, how does happy, how do you define it as happy? How do you happy? define happy? That's exactly what the quote was. Yeah. Is blue belt. That was a question. So they asked if blue belt was the happiest belt. Yeah. They asked that question. Yeah. Is this from the same person that asked the questions from the last podcast? No. Phil? <laughs> <The> horrible questions. <laughs> that Phil was hating on everything. No, but when you think about it, like, I don't know. It could have been a black belt or someone posting it and be like, hey, I love being a black belt. But I remember when I was a blue belt, man, that was a badass time for me. You know what I mean? I don't mean? think like, a black belt would ask that question. Just, first of all, the, the whole context no, of the question I, I don't agree. think they yeah. and not only that they've been through every belt yeah so you know i think it's a, a blue, blue belt, belt is just having that. like a good time yeah. basically yeah because i think it, it just depends what where you're at and it's not just your jitsu is life going well for you and jitsu is like really bringing something positive to your life you'll be like wow like this is this is the best belt you know what i mean things yeah. are going great my jitsu yeah it sucks sometimes but man i'm having the time of my life so in your head you're like blue belt is just like i'm the happiest guy alive do you know what Maybe because you're not a white belt. I <laughs> <laughs> know you get to smash the white belts. Yeah. Well, maybe. Professor Phil says purple is the best belt. Purple. He says, he says it's, it's the, the ninja, ninja belt. belt. That's yeah. right. So it is true. Maybe it is. All, I'm just, I'm a fresh purple belt. I love purple so I don't belt. feel like a ninja yet, but maybe I will. I love purple belt. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty ninja-ish. Yeah. Um, what else? Someone posted, uh, should we worry about quiet ones in BJJ? You know, oh, yeah. you know those those guys that show up to class and or even those guys that are, you know, purple belts. You know, you do find a lot of these guys or even brown belts or black belts, the ones that don't talk very much. I don't think we should worry about them because it doesn't mean that they're quiet, that they're, you know, silent and deadly. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, because I can think of two people off the top of my head now. One who is a quiet white belt who is a bit of a dick. And I won't mention his name, but um, I, you know, I had kind of a. A little um, conflict with him at okay. one point, and uh, in the class, and then uh, I threw a bone arrow on him and fucked him up. But, <laughs> but the point is that he was quiet, very quiet, and mm. kind of sneaky, kind of like looking out the side of his, you know, talking out the side of his mouth, kind of thing, and looking, you know, he's just a weird kind of quiet guy, right? And um, he uh, was white belt, and I, I wasn't scared of him, you know, I wasn't worried about him, right? But then I went to uh this guy i don't remember his name but i i, I would you know talk about him because he was it was he was a great rolling partner when i went to uh alain savoie's uh opening day at Le his Val. laval right mm -hmm. um there was a purple belt there that trains i don't know if he trains i think he trains an angry monkey maybe do you know who this guy is he's a good purple belt small guy like 150 no 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 God, i can't remember his name hmm. I wish I did, but anyway, he was really good. And he was gracious. He was he was better than me, and he was slick, and and he'd get in, you know, and he was super quiet and chill and everything. And it was, uh, but it was it was a good experience. So that guy is, like, yeah, I worry about him because you know, right? You were you wouldn't. He's a sleeper. You know what I mean? You're not okay. expecting it, and, and he ended up. He was really good. Hmm. So I guess it just depends on the personality of the person. I think, right? Yeah, and I, I've never really met anybody that was super quiet that I had to kind of. I guess watch out for or worry that yeah. they were like. I think worry and watch out are loose terms, yeah. right? It's more about like. In, in, in the way that we're talking, it's like worry about, oh, he's better than we thought he was. That's yeah. the worry part, right? So. And, it, you know, you might get some new guys that will come in that will be quiet and this and that. But afterwards, I mean, everyone's sociable with everybody. Yeah. I guess you're, if a guy has been in your academy for like longer than a year and is still quiet, he's probably a murderer. So, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sociopath or something. Yeah. Definitely. 
Um, I thought of, uh, there was another question that I didn't write down, but that I did think of, and it will come back to me at some point. I don't oh, think yeah. any notes. Hey, the, um, it's funny cause we were talking about this in our jujitsu group about people, um, people dodging other people. <laughs> Isn't that hilarious? That was funny yeah. though. It was a good rant. You know what I mean? I didn't see the, uh, the initial post. I didn't see it. This was in the WhatsApp group. It was in the WhatsApp group. Was yeah. it last week? I think it was last week. Yeah, yeah so you were away. I was in Arizona, so I didn't away. keep up with it. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I came back, there was like 100 messages. I just just <laughs> went through them. Yeah. And they just <laughs> scrolled down to the end. And... It was funny because we were, they were talking about, you know, uh, just people dodging people. Uh, initially, it was, you know, these high belts are dodging me. Right. But in reality, it just comes down to people dodging people. And I, I had commented. I was like, wow, that's an interesting topic for a podcast. I wish I knew someone <laughs> that had a podcast. But, uh, you know, it's not I don't think it's higher belts or just it's just people. I think that happens and it will happen in every academy. You will have two people who might not maybe get along or you'll have a guy that's your arch nemesis at jiu-jitsu yeah. or Maybe that day you're, you, you know, you're injured and you're not feeling well. So you're kind of maybe picking your roles right. a little bit more carefully and you might be avoiding that one guy maybe sure. for a few weeks. And all of a sudden that guy's like, Hey, what's, what's going on with that dick, man? He's right. not picking me anymore in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so many reasons. You There's know what reason, I mean? Yeah, for sure. But yeah. I mean, that's, that's not that dodging does. I mean, it is present and it does happen, sure. but, but you don't know the reason behind it. No, I know why people don't judge me. It's because I'm so fucking good at jujitsu <laughs> and these higher belts never want to roll with me because they uh, go and get tapped right. out. Oh, I'm just kidding. No, that never happens. Oh. That never happens. No, but, but his ears are perking up. Right yeah. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Phil's going to squish my face. Yeah. Um, no, but I mean that, that does happen. I mean, you'll, and, but you don't know the reason, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I went through a, a, a period like that where I had, maybe one or two black belts who, who were, who I felt were avoiding me, but I, I don't think they were purposely avoiding me. Right. I think it was just, maybe they wanted to work on stuff and go with, with other people. Maybe they knew I was training for a comp and I was going like 150% right. all the time. They were yeah, like, I'm like speed, yeah. yeah, I just don't want to deal with that type of thing. Or maybe my jiu-jitsu was just really on par. Maybe I was just going through one of those stints where like things are going well and yeah. maybe they just were like, no, I don't want to deal with him type of thing. And that's fine too. That's okay. There's just so many reasons. I'm more just... of a glutton for punishment. Like I like to say, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to pick one of those white belts down there tonight. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to pick that guy. 80% of your roles have to be with lower belts. And now. then, and then it's my turn to pick and I pick the next monster. Yeah, in line. Yeah, yeah. Like, cause I feel too guilty as if I'm trying to chicken out or something like that. But mm. now with this whole, you know. John Donaher, yeah, uh, mentality. Hey, hey I think can, things. I can pick some lower belts even. Yeah, sure. I like the idea of picking the roller belts. But again, I like rolling with all these black and brown belts because even though I get my butt handed to me, most of the time I'm, you know, like I'm learning something. I'm learning what's working, what's not. Do I have to switch something up? Where I won't learn that necessarily. I might, but most of the time I won't learn that with maybe someone much lower than me. You right. know what I mean? Like I need to test on people that are better than me because that's yep. what's going to make my jiu-jitsu better. Right. It's not always rolling with lower belts and making sure my technique works on them. Right. Eventually, uh, yeah, I'll work through it. And then if it works on a higher belt, then great. Like I'm where I need to be. But I like drilling things constantly with higher belts because I like the idea of, you know, getting my butt handed to me. And it, it, it humbles you quite yeah. a bit. Oh, yeah. So... Going back to the dodging question, though, yeah. have you dodged anybody before? Have I dodged anybody? Yes, I have. Have you? Yeah, and I can tell you who. Who and why? Corrado. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I've dodged Corrado in no gi. Again, this was maybe, I want to say a year ago. 
maybe a year or a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. every time I rolled with him, I got nowhere. I want to say a year and a half, maybe longer. So maybe you longer. you were discouraged, I guess, going against Man, him. Man, yeah, but, he's, but he's again, so I, I've, I've never had that mentality in jiu-jitsu. It didn't happen for long. I would say maybe it lasted maybe about three or four weeks, and then it just went away. I think I was just going through something, you know, like in my jiu-jitsu. Right. That maybe something happened with him where I was like... Like, man, this is not cool as in like, I'm, I'm constantly getting smashed or he's always doing the same thing. I'm always in the same position. So I'm not, I'm saying to myself, I'm not learning anything in reality. I am type of thing. I'm just being an idiot. So I have to say for a couple of weeks and I remember specifically doing it. That's why I'm saying that was like, I, I, I can't roll with him. Like I'm not getting anywhere. Like I'm getting absolutely nowhere. Let me roll with this other guy where at least I get somewhere. And even if he subs me or tasks me, like I'll figure it out. But with Karate, like I never figured it out. I had to work through it to be able to be like, okay, well, like I have to roll with him. I got to figure out what's going on in this and that. But I have to say it took a couple of weeks. And this yeah. was maybe, again, maybe about a year, a year and a half ago. And I feel like that was, again, a milestone that I could that I could honestly remember that say, like, I had to go through that because it brought me to another level and I, I got somewhere right. else. But, yeah, it did happen. Yeah. I'm not sure if I, I dodged. I think I did dodge people maybe in the past, but it was very like, um, it was for one day or two days. Like a kind random, of thing. Yeah. random thing because it was like, well, this person now just learned to, uh, you know, press the points of his elbows into your thighs to break the closed guard kind mm-hmm. of thing. And I was like, Oh, I hate that, you know? Yeah. So I just wouldn't, I, I wouldn't pick them. So I think it was like a, just an outlier thing kind of where I would just wouldn't pick yeah. them for that day or that time, whatever. And then, but then I was like, Oh, you know what? I'm just being a fucking baby. And, uh, I just figured out what to do in that scenario. Yeah. And I, oh, good. And I was yeah. happy. I'm like, but now I can, I'll pick that person. I don't care so much anymore. And I was actually looking forward to it so that I could actually shut that down for them. Yeah. So they were forced to do something else. It just wasn't working anymore. Mm. You know? Yeah. Actually with, with Corrado, like I definitely like have a, a, a very high respect for him and his jujitsu, his no gi. I haven't seen him put on a gi in like forever. <laughs> so like, and he only shows up the no gi class. He was there actually not long ago before I went in to gi? Uh, Arizona. He was there in gi. Yeah. Oh man, I haven't yeah. seen him in gi in so long. But anyways, in no gi, I mean his no gi is crazy, and he has a good wrestling background, and it's really good. Yeah. But I have to say that like I, I I've learned to have a very big appreciation for what he does. So maybe at the time, I think maybe I was a blue belt. I I I didn't appreciate what he was doing and maybe I thought it was just him like bullying me in jiu-jitsu type of thing mm. but it wasn't it was just his jiu-jitsu was that good yeah his nogi was that good you know what I mean so um I don't know I don't know and I know I mean I roll with him all the time when I'm in nogi class now and and I think I, I'm the first one he usually picks in line right he'll pick Will or myself first yeah, right. so mm-hmm. I mean there's something to that if he wants to roll with me I must be giving him something or else he wouldn't be picking me right right so yeah shout out to Corrado yeah Corrado mm-hmm. and I think one thing I'll say two things about him also what I know about rolling with him I haven't rolled with him that many times but um, when I was uh, probably like white belt blue belt when he was still more around back then he would take the time to tell me to teach me things mm-hmm. and I never pegged him as that guy I thought oh wow like he's young and he's you know he's got a, he's a know, big guy he's, not just that he's young and he's kind of wild like you know like yeah you know still like in that I guess especially back then like you know in the partying and stuff like that so I never thought of him as a serious kind of jiu-jitsu teacher you know or mm-hmm. someone you could learn from like that but he absolutely was he would tell me things like that and it was it was good and then the only thing i would say that he needed to work on back then i don't know about anymore again because i haven't rolled with him in a long time mm-hmm. probably a couple of years is that he's not like fred where 
or or Cascal, where they or Phil, even for that matter, where they let you get to a certain point, mm-hmm. right? Let's let's see what he does when I give him this. Right. I don't see Cas- uh, Corrado doing that. No. I don't know if he does or not. Maybe you can correct me, but he he, he doesn't do that. But that's the I see him going easy on me. Yeah, yeah, right? no, for He's sure. Going easy on he me. can go much worse on all of us. Oh yeah. But I think there's a there's something behind that. Yeah. I think he's doing it on purpose, and he does whatever he does against you mm. or me or anybody else because he's trying to teach us something. Right. I don't think he's the type of guy who will stand in front of a class and do an instructional and like you know start pinpointing certain right, things right. and like you know, like dissecting a movement. Mm. He's not that type of guy. He teaches you through his movements, through his roles and stuff. So I think that's just, he's just that type of guy. Yeah. Everyone has their different way of teaching and maybe that's just his way. Okay. You know, he's a brown belt and he's learning too, right? Yeah. Okay, we spent way too much time talking about Corrado. Yeah, man. Fuck you, Corrado. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm, to- I'm totally going to tag him in the podcast. So he, ha- he has to listen to 54 minutes okay, of it. Okay, here we go. Or, or he has to keep scrolling until he exactly. hears his name. Yeah. Um, what else do we have? Just a few more questions. Maybe we can go through. Oh, yeah, this is a good one because this is actually. So uh, before I got sick like a week and a half ago, I was at Open Mat. Uh, I went to Open Mat on, on Sunday. On Sunday, right. So. There's a husband and wife that train together. Their kids are in the kids' classes. Um, Jonathan and... uh, Man, you could probably say their names, and I have no idea. Jonathan and Cheyenne. You know them. No, not Jonathan Oh, not them? Okay. Uh, Dan is their kid. Oh, it's... uh, Yeah, it's... um... (laughs) Them. Yes. And they totally listen to the podcast, so we're we're totally screwed. Do they? Yeah, yeah. And I just added her on Facebook, or she added me on Facebook. Gabriella. Gabriella. And her husband is Richard. Richard. Yeah. So... Um, they're both kind of small. Yes, exactly. Romanian. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, so they're new. They're both white belts. Yep. Uh, but they've been doing it for a little sure. while. They now, go to the fundamentals class a lot. They love the too. fundamentals yeah. class. Okay. So here's the scenario. Um, hope they don't mind me talking about them, but I, it, I, I find it really interesting. Like really, really interesting, actually. So he he works a lot. He could he makes it in the morning class, like the seven a.m. Mm. But he has to leave by like. Eight o'clock. Okay. He has to leave by a certain time where he misses out on the rolls. Sure. On that one morning he can okay. come. The other he does, I think he can make it to one Cascal class during the week where he does roll. Okay. But the other classes that he attends, he, he, he'll he go to lunch or something, but he has to leave before the rolls because he has to go back to work. Okay. Okay. He, he loves the fundamental class. This guy is super technical. He loves the curriculum. And he's very analytical, so that's what yes. he likes. And he that's the kind of person he is too. Yes. Yeah. Right. So I don't know what Super he does. Super intelligent guy. Yeah, I don't know what he does yeah. for work, but definitely something with numbers yeah. or whatever. So he uh, so I got into a conversation with him and he was saying, you know, I I, I can't I don't roll very often. because uh, he was at the open mat and we were we were rolling. And he I think he was getting a little frustrated. Like I was sure. obviously giving him space to move. I always do and um, with, with the white belts, not not with anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> so he was moving around. Um, and then afterwards he was getting frustrated cause he's like, yeah, like I, 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 I never roll. And I was saying, well, grab my knee, like do this technique right. or do that. And he was trying, I could see him. It was like trying to register in his head. And he was like, I think in his head, he was looking at the curriculum, trying to figure out what number it was and then to come back to it okay. because he's so technical. So because he can't roll often, he's basing himself on a lot of, on just technique. doing technique. But in his head, he's like, I'm going to learn. And he told me this, I'm going to learn day one and day two when i know day one and day two by heart i will then apply them in roles but i want to learn day one and day two first so he's saying that he's going to work on learning those before he starts rolling regularly 
Is that is is that what you're saying? Right. Yeah. So that's what I got from the conversation I had. So mm. he wanted to learn the techniques and how to do them in a non-roll environment, non-grappling environment by mm. drilling the techniques. Your first hour right in class, you're doing techniques. I'm doing it, you know, doing a few, uh, a few reps on each side. The other person is doing the same thing. So he's focusing on learning all the techniques. And he said, after I know them by heart, that I can do day one and day two without even looking at the list, I'll then apply them in my roles. Hmm. Go to his wife now. Yeah who um, can't make it out very often because she has kids and whatnot, sure. that she can't make it out to do lots of technique, but she can make it out often to open mats where you spend 99% of the time rolling. Yeah, She is progressing faster than he is, and he admits to it. He told me in the locker room, he's like, I don't understand. She spends next to no time on technique, but she's advancing a lot faster than I am. Mm. At the same time, he's saying that he only wants to learn tech, or he wants to focus on learning technique, and then afterwards he'll apply it in the roles, right? So I think there was like a little bit of a contradiction, but I found the discussion really interesting, uh, and him very interesting to say that, uh, to then how he compared it to his wife, who was saying, you know, I, I just can't, like I can't make it out to do technique. So... I'm rolling a lot so I can just figure it out through there. Yeah. So husband and wife are doing things on different spectrums. Sure. At the end, they'll probably get the same result. Just someone will get there faster than yeah. the other. I'm curious what you think about I that. I totally agree with you. I think one will get there faster than the other because rolling is absolutely so necessary for me. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and um, because of the personalities is what makes people um, decide which approach they're going to have. Right. So because he's analytical, he thinks, well, let me approach this like I would my job. Yeah. And she's thinking, well, you know, she doesn't have a technical job. Maybe she does. You know, I don't know what she does either, but mm -hmm. her personality is the other way. It's like, oh, you know, let me just let me just do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and see what happens. And, and it ends up working. And then I think your body is uh, recognizing the technique, even almost involuntarily. Mm -hmm. You know, while you're in the role, you are, oh, look at that. I just it's there. I fell into side control variation or whatever, you know, like it's there, it just happened and, and your body felt it and it felt normal because you've been practicing techniques somewhat, mm. but your body recognized. So maybe it'll recognize it, it'll take a little longer, but it gets there anyways. But in, in his case, it's the same thing. It'll take longer to get there also. Mm -hmm. He'll be in his role and not know what to do. Now he's thinking back, okay, what about this? And the guy's already moved on to something he's else. Already got, he's already got him in the freaking armbar by that point. Or or he's thinking of the wrong thing to do yeah. because he's not associating it with the position that he's in. Mm -hmm. The position you're in is going to determine what your next step is, right? Yeah. So, so I think that's probably not as practical, but if you're that kind of person, you automatically go there. And you don't you've got a, the time. It's not like he's in yeah, a rush either. That's right. So, yeah. It's just a different way of approaching it. Yeah. yeah. You know, my brother's an artist and he would say, um, well, he's an artist. He's he used to be a very good artist. You know, everything he did for art was phenomenal. And he would say, you know, we would learn how to do techniques of certain things, mosaic, pointillism, whatever. You know, and but you, where you get good is when you practice doing the actual drawing, mm -hmm. like draw something and use your the technique you've learned, but actually draw it. And okay, make a mistake, you erase that section and redo it or whatever. But he's not just going to practice drawing circles, you know, or. Um, doing a page of pointillism where the dots are really close together at the top and they start to spread out as you go down, mm. unless that's what you want to draw. But as a technique kind of thing, he'll just draw a dog or something that has different shadowing and different stuff so that he can practice bringing it to life. You know mm. what I mean? I'm thinking about that. I'm going in like a hundred different directions with it because really? when you think about it, yeah, when you relate it to drawing, you know, a white belt is definitely like someone who's starting to draw is 
they're they're they have to draw to figure out where their mistakes are right portions is the is one of the biggest things with drawing you often you draw something the freaking head is way too big for the body or you know the nose is too big for the face or whatever the arms are too skinny you race and start over you draw the proportion accordingly so as you get better at drawing you start drawing your first draft starts getting a little better and a little better right Mm -hmm. every time you do it so So you're drawing less and less as you go you know you start looking at different belts and you gain more experience in jiu-jitsu yeah. you know a purple belt might be erasing a little less yeah. and you know what he might be doing the same circle over and over and over and exactly. over until the circle is exactly how he wants it and right? they're, the, the purple belts brown belts black belts they're drawing um they're drawing and they're practicing technique of drawing in their drawings right they're mm-hmm. the technique of, of jiu-jitsu they're practicing while they roll at the same time yeah. and after years go by and years go by like it or not you've done these repetitions at the same time right mm-hmm. but i think the technique you know the way we have it set up at btt is awesome the mm-hmm. way fred has it set up it's technique you know you work on your technique and then you you try to apply it and you work on your rolling after hmm. so imagine how much further we could have taken that thought of drawing and related to jiu-jitsu if we had smoked marijuana <laughs> <laughs> we could have spent yeah. another hour on that yeah. easy but we'd be talking about like we talk about, yeah. <laughs> about, yeah, about nonsense. Like pencil man <laughs> it well, is legal in canada like just mentioning it. is it just lead <laughs> like lead is like so many things man but that's really interesting it's a good i think uh you know fred does that a lot you know he'll use take analogies use yeah. analogies but th- i mean that 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 idea of an artist and relating it to jiu-jitsu i know you could do it with so many things but that kind of clicked with me so i'll definitely yeah. think about that a little you're bit welcome yeah thank you <laughs> <laughs> oh wise brian uh, what was know. it yeah phil calls you useless brian yeah, but exactly. yeah he's not so useless, not so useless. This. not always yeah, it's pretty good yeah. um did you have anything you want to talk about that pretty much sums up my uh the stuff that i had to talk about i mean let's talk about the fact that you have way too many snow globes in this room the reason why I have snow globes in the podcast room is yeah. because every time my daughter goes on a trip somewhere or she'll go down south and I'm not around, uh, obviously I don't send my 11-year-old daughter by herself <laughs> down to Punta Cana or whatever, but I mean, she, she, where, yeah. <laughs> wherever she goes, she brings me back a snow globe. Oh, yeah. So cool. I put them up there and yeah, I've kind of filled up the room a little bit more. Like I have my original karate black belt. I, I hung oh, it up. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah. Yeah, it's my it's original thin. one. I found it because we've been spring cleaning, so I oh, found okay. a bunch of stuff. Um, cool. Karate breaking boards. I mean, I have some jiu-jitsu stuff. Oh, the, uh, color, the colored ones? Yeah, the oh, colored yeah, yeah. ones, yeah. And then some, like, random jiu-jitsu stuff. And, yeah, so I've been kind of filling up the room. It's and looking homier and homier. Yeah, trying, every time. trying, trying. So that's it. You have nothing else you want to talk about, I guess? I don't know, man. I was just glad you had, a, you had a bunch of questions set up. I was happy. Good thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, fuck all. Like nothing interesting from Arizona to talk about. Yeah. Just uh, my failure at you know trying to go and train at megatons. But yeah, okay. So maybe some things coming up that I can officially say is coming up. So uh, I am into. So this week I will definitely post uh, Professor Calum Kalista, who I will do a podcast tomorrow at three p.m. He's in Punta Cana. He's with GFT, runs the academy there. It's taken two months to get this guy on. It just hasn't just worked out. We've just been both really, really busy. Uh, but finally, I'm going to have him on. So I hope you guys enjoy that. I'll release that this week. I also have Professor Robert, um, I want to say Hugus, or it's Huggis. I, I, How's it spelled? H-U-G-U-S. Yeah. H-U-G-U-S? Yeah. Okay, so it's not like French, like Ugg. Like I don't with think the e so, no. Before the S, no? No. 
no. Anyways, he uh, he owns an academy and runs an academy, and man, he's pretty decorated too. Uh, he owns an academy in Plattsburgh, New York. Uh, it's only an hour and a half away, so I'm actually going to drive down there this week. Uh, he, I asked if it'd be okay if I came and did a class. That way he'd get to know me a little bit better. And then later on in the week, we'll, we'll do a podcast with him. Uh, so he's not too far, cool. and not often do I get to actually meet people in person because they're you know in the middle of the u.s or yeah. puta cana it's not like yeah. i'm gonna have them here so it's kind of cool it's not in the budget puta cana? yeah not in this budget not in the budget right now uh apart from that uh this well, ep- sorry for, yeah. when are you going to uh wednesday Vegas? night i think wednesday night yeah wednesday night so think about that how far drive is it where are we going? an hour and a half plattsburgh it's before plattsburgh hmm. maybe i'll come with you yeah you never know yeah. never know um, uh, another thing would be, I have to do a shout out to our sponsor, right? For the podcast. Uh, we don't have one, uh, but <laughs> I would love to have a, uh, a sponsor. So for shout the out podcast. to whoever you are. Yeah. Whoever you are. Uh, if you'd love to sponsor the podcast, please, you can shoot me out an email at let's talk jiu-jitsu at gmail.com. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, definitely, uh, I guess not actively looking for sponsors, but someone would like to sponsor the podcast. We try to be very active on social media. We have a lot of people following the podcast and listening in lots of download so i mean it could be interesting to have uh, uh maybe a sponsor jump on that'd be really cool sure. i think once we you know keep doing what we're doing you never know what could happen maybe people will approach us you never know it'd be really nice but in the meantime I'll, I'll still throw it out there and like i said don't forget we're on literally everything now so we're on itunes soundcloud spotify uh podac uh podcast addict uh literally everything uh because we're on itunes it kind of spreads itself out everywhere else so you could literally find the podcast anywhere um and that's pretty much it what's happening with uh, mr professor marcus suarez uh, I have to him? reach back out to him. I got to okay. call him because he said he'd be, he, he was in, actually his message was call me and gave me his phone number. Okay. So I have to call him now oh, and okay. have a conversation with him For to sure. see if he wants to be on. Cool. So yeah, that could be interesting too. Uh, we are sponsoring a, um, a, jiu-jitsu athlete which is uh, a kid actually that we came across which is something cool you could find him on facebook too his name is samuel uh he has uh asperger's but uh super functional really amazing kid uh so we're sponsoring him so we're paying uh for a year of his membership actually his mom is paying for a small portion but we're we're, we're trying to uh, do as much as we can for him uh so um yeah so we're trying to uh raise some money so we do have a fundraiser group on facebook to complete the the payment for his one year of jiu-jitsu but i mean we we still we've raised quite a bit of money so so we're doing pretty good uh but our goal is to try to get another kid into jiu-jitsu so we'd like to get pay for another year membership for another child uh, obviously uh, locally here in Montreal but if not maybe if someone you know maybe there's an organization out there or there's another school out there that'd be interested to help out if you want to donate money you can reach out directly to me uh, on Facebook um, or by email and uh, we can definitely work something out uh, but uh, once I have uh, more funds available I'm going to reach out to a local organization that helps uh, underprivileged kids and see if we can get another kid uh, in jiu-jitsu and all those proceeds go towards everything right literally i have there are no funds that are coming into the podcast and i don't need any funds to come into the podcast we're in the basement of my house i have a laptop a few mics and we do this very casually not looking for any money or fame in this it's just something to bring the jiu-jitsu community together and just to have some fun talk with some cool people uh so any funds that are donated everything goes directly to these kids memberships and i post pictures of them on facebook uh i post the classes that they do and all the information so yeah uh definitely um if you want to donate anything know that everything goes uh to the membership of the kids so 
Yeah, it's pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Have a good jiu-jitsu week, and uh, we'll see you on the mats. Thanks, Brian. Later, man. You've been listening to Let's Talk Jiu-Jitsu with Raymond Terrence. Go follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube page. Turn on notifications and press that like button. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the mats.